0: Hey, Lifehouse family, welcome back to the 30 Days in the Psalms challenge. My name is Adam and I co lead the elementary kids ministry here at Lifehouse. And I am so excited today to bring you Psalm 73, a psalm of Asaph. So, first, who was Asaph? So, Asaph, he was a singer in the temple during King David's reign. uh, But more than just a singer, he was the chief of priests who ministered before the ark of the Lord. And it was he and his brothers who were appointed to sing songs of thanksgiving to the Lord. I guess you could say in our modern language, he was both the lead pastor and the worship leader. You um, he, he was a busy dude. He was doing it all. Uh, he was all about that temple life. Uh, it was his passion. It was his focus. Um, but the Bible also says that he was called a seer, S-E-E-R, seer. And I, I know that's kind of an old-timey Bible word. Um, But it gets confused with prophet. But what it means is a seer is someone who could perceive hidden truth. So he could look into the world with spiritual eyes and see things the way God sees them. And so with Psalm 73, you really get a sense of that. You get a sense of his perceptiveness. And it kind of comes in handy as he kind of gets out of this funk we see him get into. So, um... In this psalm, you know, Asaph gets kind of personal, you know, so with a lot of praise and worship songs, and this is a song, right, it's psalms, uh, they kind of stay at a high level and the problems are sort of generic so that you can sing a lot and connect with the lyrics. But Asaph here, he's being pretty specific with his struggles and very specific with the things that he sees and what's going on inside of him, and I love it for that. Um, So here's a man, Asaph, he's busy with his duties, he's working hard, he's playing by the rules, he's faithfully managing God's temple. He's doing his best, but he catches himself in a moment of distraction. He's looking out at the world and he's seeing so many people that have, have it made, they have no consequences, and he's tempted to envy them. He says, this is the prosperity of the wicked. And he starts out kind of pointing out the obvious, right? He says, there's no pains in their death. Uh, they die fat and happy, Uh, they're not plagued by the same things that plague the rest of us, they don't suffer like the rest of us, Um, you know, those of us who are trying to just do the right thing, right? And so the temptation is for Asaph to ask himself, you know, who wouldn't want that? What's so bad about that? But what's so bad about that is what it costs the wicked to get to that place, right? Let me say it again. It's what costs the wicked to get there. You know, so he points that out. He says they wear their pride like a necklace. You know, they get dressed in violence. What an image of that, you know. It's as if their their fashion showcases new ways to be cruel to other people. You know, it's like it's almost like every day they must wake up and go, hmm, who am I gonna crush today, right? You know, with their their words or their ambition, you know. Um, All all about destroying people. Um, He says the wicked man's eyes bulge with fatness. What what an image there! And so what that means is that nothing is ever enough for them. You know, he says their imaginations of their heart run riot. We see there are no limits to their consumption, no limits to what they will pay for. Asap says that they mock and speak of oppression. In other words, they have no problem bullying and destroying others with their tongues. And with what they do, finally, Asaph says, they speak from on high. They set their mouths against heaven and their tongues parade through the earth. Well, what does that mean? Um, First, they make themselves the authorities, right? They have all the answers. Uh, Then they set their words above God's words. So they have all the truth. And then eventually they're so full of their own ideas and their words that they spread their ideas over all the planet. And Asaph says something kind of odd he says his people return to this place and the waters of abundance are drunk by them it's a weird weird kind of poetic thing but what does that mean he's he's basically saying that gullible people follow the wicked and they lap up every word they just drink it up right and and that's probably because these people too the ones who were following the wicked they were snared by the same envy that asaph narrowly avoids here they say how the wicked rich were getting by and they wanted it too and so asaph writes he says how does god know they ask what does that mean how does god know he says asaph says the wicked eventually get so twisted in their arrogance that they question whether god understands anything at all they sort of make god irrelevant it's kind of the end of all this and so asaph wonders whether there's any point to keeping his heart pure and getting, you know, and, and keeping his hands clean. And does any of this rule following matter? You go you have a guy who's like in charge of of teaching the, the word, and you have a guy who's in charge of uh, carrying out the duties of the temple according to the word, and you have a guy who's in charge of leading others and singing about how great God is, and he's wondering, is there any point to all this? You know? And so he wonders, you know, whether whether God is out to lunch. Where is he? You know, the wicked seem to get away with everything. Where is the justice? You know, but this is so, this is so relatable. We all have moments when we ask this, what's it all worth? You know, you see, you see friends, you see family, you see rich folks, you see people just getting on fine without God and his wisdom. They don't even seem to need God to be good people. And then you start wondering, well, what am I doing with my life? Am I wasting it being righteous? And sometimes we wonder, too, if we couldn't be happier if we honestly didn't have God around our necks. If we're honest, right? Because his standards are so high and we sin so much. I think we've all been there before. And this is kind of where Asaph's at. You remember when I said this is a really personal song? Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. And so Asaph says, If I had said I would speak thus, everything he just told us were his thoughts. Behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. What does he mean here? You know, Asaph, he's in a position of leadership. He's in a position of influence. He realized that his thoughts carried a lot of weight. And so he pondered them in private. He kept his mouth shut in public so that he wouldn't say the wrong thing. He was in a funk, and he knew it, and he didn't want to lead others astray, so he kind of kept quiet. He wrote this psalm (laughs) eventually, but because it was Aesop's job as a singer, as a worship leader, as a priest to help others sort of lift their vision above the surface struggles that we all face, his calling was to help others rise above the surface view things, but in his funk, he wasn't really able to do that. He didn't want to say the wrong things. He knew that he was stuck in a low place and needed to get out. And we get stuck in a low place sometimes. Sadly, honestly, some folks, they will take that temporary rut and they will turn it into a permanent identity, right? And they will cast off God completely. And it's sad, and I've seen it happen. You know, so but what did ASAP do to get out of his funk? He got alone with God, he got humble. He admitted that he was being senseless and ignorant and he let God speak into his great need because that envy that he was feeling a pull toward was really just a need that he had and he was going to let God fill it. So you see, Asaph's need wasn't to be rich or powerful, to be fat or happy. Asaph was tempted to envy the wicked because they had no troubles. But he realized that what he needed was not a problem-free life. It was God's companionship to know God is with him. And then he says this, and this is this is where it all kind of comes together. He says, until I came into the sanctuary of God, then I perceived their end. It all became clear. You know, y'all, there, there's nothing better than when God clears the fog in your life and you see the things clearly for what they are, and it's just gold. It cannot be bought. Just, again, like, he's a seer, right? But... But we all have that with the Holy Spirit. We can let God help us see things the way they truly are, to remove whatever is blocking us, to help us see our situation for what it is, and to show us our true need, which is him, right? See, Asaph saw the whole picture when he got alone with God. He says, Surely you set them, the wicked, in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction how they are destroyed in a moment. And then sort of as a final parting thought, he says, you will despise their form. And he realizes the wicked have no place with God, not like the righteous, not like those who have been faithful, who have been doing the right thing, um, who have been faithful to their, their callings, who have been faithful to their community, who have been doing what God set them to do. And Asaph says... Nevertheless, I am continually with you. That should be like a sign in all of our homes, right? Nevertheless, I am continually with you. God is his companion. You know, man, that's such a statement. No matter what, God is with me and he is with you. And then Asaph, in his in his new sort of moment of clarity, right? That The fog has lifted, the funk is gone. He says, you have taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me. And afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And beside you I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Now, this is Asaph. This is the chief priest and lead singer in the temple. Uh, He has been awakened, his fog has lifted, his eyes are opened, his heart is full again. You know, I think in sports language we would say this is why he gets the big money right. This is Asaph awakened. Uh, This is a man who who got his mojo back, if you will. He could sing again knowing that God was with him. Uh, He realized that he has something the wicked can never buy with all of their money and their influence and their power. And with their great swelling mighty words... The thing they can't buy is confidence in God's eternal companionship. All right, so that's Psalm 73. Such a great psalm. And once again, Aesop, such a great man for giving us a window into his thinking, a window into into our thinking sometimes, and showing us kind of how to get out of that place again. And um, just just a great psalm. Anyway, love y'all. Take care, LifeHouse family.